Well, let's make our confession. Can you make it without me? Yes. Let's see. Well, that, is, that, is, that is awesome. Let me hear that yell again. You are excited. I hope you are contagious. Hey, come on up here, honey. Good to, good to see all of you here today. I've been reading out of this book on a children's book to a, a pastor that commissioned the project. And I really like it. I'm going to give it to Chris over there and see if they want to do something like this. We won't use your children's names, by the way, to protect you <laughs> for some of the things they may say to me. But, but this, is, this is really, really cute. These are kids about age 6 through a, a 10, I think. And, and, and uh, here, here are a couple of them. Do you, do you think they were funny in the oh, first? Okay. Dear Pat, now this is called D-E-R-E-P-A-S-T-T-O-R. <laughs> Dear Pastor, I read the Bible every day since I was a little kid. So far, I'm up to the first page. <laughs> Melissa, age 7. <laughs> That's so cute. Dear Pastor, Jesus was the greatest man that ever lived. He was even greater than Muhammad Ali. <laughs> this is Leonard H. Tim. Dear Pastor, I wish you would tell jokes in church. Even God likes to laugh. Stuart, age 11. La the last couple were really my favorite. Dear Pastor, I wish my father was a pastor so he would only have to work one day a week. <laughs> that's, that's Fred. He's age 9. And then this one is cute. Dear Pastor, how much money do you collect in the plate on Sunday? I think I'd like to go into that business when I grow up. <laughs> Isn't that cute? I just That's love good. it. That's I love good. it. It's good to laugh. Endorphins yeah. begin to flow. You begin to self-medicate your body. It's better than any medicine you will ever find. Do you like to laugh? I do like to laugh. All the time? That's why God gave me you. We, uh, yeah. <laughs> he makes me laugh. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, yes, I agree. Yes, you do. I agree with that. Yes, you do. What, uh, what did you get out of the first service, honey? Well, I felt like the Spirit of the Lord just came into the house. You know, I was, I was sitting in my seat during that song uh, that we just sang, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me a word, and I haven't done that in a long time, just, uh, just a word. It was just, and so I came up, and I knew my husband was going to read these jokes and things, and I'm thinking, God, you know, this isn't the time, because he's trying to be funny, and this is really a serious word. I could feel it, and so uh, I just want to share this, the word with you, that because I began to pray in the Spirit, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, I'm not coming over where you are. You're going to have to come over where I am. And that, um, you know, we, we've got God in a box of where we can imagine and think. But what I felt like he was saying, the supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. You know, we live in the natural. We've got the super in us, but we don't always think like the super, act like the super. And it was very firm word. I will not come over where you are. You will have to come over where I am. And uh, it, it, was, it was just like a cry. You know, I just began to weep. It was like he so much, he said, there's so much more. There's so much more, but you have to come over here. And, you know, in Amos 3.3, 3, the word of God says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? That was a word of God to his people. And he was saying to them, if you don't get in agreement with me, we can't walk together. And this is the hour of a great supernatural outpouring, I believe. Mm -hmm. We've had lots of them. You know, God pours out his spirit every Sunday in this place. But I'm talking beyond belief in the natural. But if we believe it in the spirit, 
and we're able to step over with God into that place, then we can flow with him and release those gifts and things that he wants to release into the earth. It was a very powerful word, and uh, I'm going to have him give me a copy of it so I can listen again. But God wants us to hear from him. He wants us to know what he's doing. And all we have to do is open our heart and our ears to have understanding of what he is saying to the church at this time. Praise God. I'm going to paraphrase the entire service for you, and then we're going to give you some scriptures. But you can look in the book of, uh, turn to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, uh, not uh, Deuteronomy. That's say Deuteronomy. Yeah, Deuteronomy chapter 28. And, uh, but basically, God is taking us from glory to glory. And as you look at the news, uh, especially the news today, uh, Lord, we need to pray for the family. There's another American that was beheaded over there by ISIS that they just released the report today. And, and as you look at the end times, you can very easily get focused on the negative or you can get focused on the fact that we have a covenant with Almighty God and that we are God's children, and that we are going from glory to glory, and that when we leave this world with the rapture, we're going out just like the children of God left Egypt. We're going out with the wealth of the world because God is supplying every need that we have to accomplish what he has for us to accomplish, and that we're going to have to make sure that we're moving with God where he wants us to go. And, and there's a, we're going to get to the scripture a little bit later, but just before the children went in to the promised land or, or before they rebelled and didn't go into the promised land, they were in an area called the wilderness of Paran, and it's in Numbers twelve sixteen. And I've never really studied that scripture at all. But it's basically where when we read about Numbers 13, sending in the spies and everything that was done. This is where they all came together when they launched out the spies, and this is where they started to grumble because they couldn't envision they were going to be able to do what God told them they were going to do. And that's where they stopped. They were one step away from all of the blessings that God had for them, but they stopped there. And there are a lot of people today that they stop right where they are because they can't figure out or understand how everything is going to happen. And if you have somewhat of a control mentality in your natural life, you could prone to be like that. I know what God is saying, but I can't figure it out, so I'm going to stay right where I am. And a lot of people stay right where they are, honey. I shared in the first service that we're educated to go to school, to go to college, to go to uh, high school, to go to vocational school, or to go to the military or whatever, and then we make money and we buy a house and we have kids and we have a retirement plan. And we spend the rest of our life doing what we can control instead of going into the realm of the Spirit letting God use us and show us where he wants us to go, even though it's always beyond our understanding. And I think the word understanding is important because oftentimes we hear from God and we have wisdom. Everybody say wisdom because God's, God's word to us is always wisdom, but we don't have understanding of that. And we can tend to go back to our natural thinking instead of supernatural yeah. uh, revelation from the Spirit of God. And I was reminded there's a scripture, it's in Ephesians and it's uh, chapter 4, I think. But it talks about the old nature and the new nature. And uh, with, before we even go on in this, everybody say this, I have a new nature. <clears throat> now, your mind has to be renewed to that nature, but that nature is in you, it's been deposited by God in you. And uh, in, in Ephesians, Paul said, uh, in their spiritual apathy, they have become callous and past feeling and reckless and have abandoned themselves a prey to unbridled sensuality 
uh, eager and greedy to indulge in every form of impurity that their depraved desires may suggest and demand. You know, and this is to the church, actually. But when we walk with the Lord, he's going to take us from glory to glory. And we have opportunity to go forward or just to kind of sit down and just let the world start taking an influence on our life again and begin to just think like the world. And it comes out of hardships oftentimes and things that are going on. But once we do that, then we begin to let go. Everybody say, let go. And I asked the Lord, why is it that that happens so much? How many of you know Christians that they, they were doing fine? They were walking in power. Now, not that they didn't have opportunity, but then they just kind of gave up or sat down or, and, and things only got worse. They, they didn't improve. And, and so, you know, in that position, I've said, Lord, what is that? And I felt like the Lord said to me, everybody is created by God to prosper and be all that God's called them to be. But we are born into a world of sin. And so we think negative because that's the world we're born into. But when we're born again, everybody say born again, says we're translated out of that world into a a kingdom. Everybody say a kingdom of light and revelation and understanding. And in that place, it's positive. I'm not talking positive thinking. I'm talking about truth, the word of God and everything that God says about us is he wants good. He wants us to prosper. He wants all these things. But, but our mentality, if we don't stay in that realm, goes right back to negative. And how many of you know, it's so much easier to think negative than positive. And that's what it's saying here. And it says, but you did not so learn Christ. In other words, you didn't learn that in Christ, assuming that you have really heard him and been taught by him as all truth is in Jesus embodied and person of personified in him, strip yourselves of your former nature, put off and discard your old unrenewed self, say self, self. I'm putting you off. <laughs> you unrenewed self. You can't live in me. Yeah, which characterizes your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust and desires that spring from delusions and being constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude put on the new nature, the regenerate self created in God's image, Godlike in true righteousness and holiness. I believe for what's coming, this supernatural move of God, we are going to become so supernatural looking and uh, a walking supernatural talking machine that Jesus will be lifted up and all men will be drawn unto him and we will see tremendous miracles. But it cannot happen if we, we let go and we kind of fall back. Everybody say fall back. And, and this, por- this forward pole is going to take us through some rough, tough places. It did all the men and women of God. But, you know, like Dan said in the, in the offering message, the Lord of hosts the Lord of hosts, he is for us and he goes before us. And so this message today, entering God's blessed, prosperous and abundant life takes a a mindset that is really parallel with God, the way he thinks, not, not some, oh, well, it didn't work that we can't even go to that. Once we go to that, we are going to go back to Ephesians chapter four, where we begin to let lust and all those things take over our life again. That's a good word, honey. How many of you are somewhat of a control person? Uh, you you just like to control every situation. Can I can I see your hands? Three of you. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Deuteronomy twenty eight, we're going to read here because we're going to have to get rid of uh, ourselves and get into what God is saying for us to do, so that we can enter into the supernatural realm because that's the realm where God supplies all of our needs. It's not about money to have money. Some people criticize 
what they call the prosperity message. Folks, the Bible is a prosperity message. It's all about God's blessings for his people. You do anything God calls you to do, he wants you to prosper in the process. Third John 2, 2 says, Beloved, above all I desire that you prosper and walk in health. And that when Oral Roberts was pastoring a church years ago, he was a tremendous influence in our life. He used to come to victory and and share at our services there, and he's in heaven now. But but he, he was pr- pr- a pastor in a small church, and I think it was Enid, Oklahoma. And and, and uh, just the, the church wasn't growing. Nothing was really happening, and they were very impoverished. And one day he was laying on the floor praying, and he, and he read that scripture in Third John chapter 2, and he called Evelyn, and he said, Evelyn, I didn't even know this was in the Bible. God wants us to prosper. Let's all say that. God... God wants me to prosper. Wants me to prosper. He doesn't want you to prosper just to have money and cars and things, although there's nothing wrong with those. That's not why he wants to prosper. He wants to prosper you to accomplish the task that you're on this earth to do. There is a plan and a purpose for your life, and the only time you will be totally fulfilled is when you have the path that you're supposed to be on, and then all of the blessings will come upon you and overtake you. And what we do sometimes is we start to rationalize and think, well, I know what I'm hearing, so I think it's God, and it's a great thing, and it's going to exalt Jesus, but I can't figure it out, and I don't have enough money. Join the crowd. That's where God will constantly have you. And this is what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now it shall come to pass... If you diligently, and that word means quickly, urgently, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all of his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all of the nations of the earth. And all these things shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. In other words, and then that word blessed in in the Hebrew language is asha, which means happy, prosperous, successful, and content. So what does God want you? Happy, Happy, prosperous, successful, successful, and content. Turn to your neighbors if they look content. (laughs) Happy, prosperous, successful, and content. Now, all of us have things that we focus on, and if we focus upon what God said, that's faith, and it will activate within us, and we will attract what he said. In other words, it says that he wants all of his blessings come upon you and overtake you. I want every blessing on my life that God wants me to have so I can accomplish his plan and his purpose. You know, last night, uh, my husband, about 11 o'clock, I went in because he's still in his office, and I said, uh, what a, what a, what's the word tomorrow? And he said, well, I'm still waiting to hear from heaven. How many of you know God doesn't always speak on your time frame? And, uh, and I know. He doesn't like it when it's that late. And I said, oh, honey, you still have nine hours or so. It's, you're good. I mean, we got time. But uh, and, and I know my husband hears from God. And so I went back into the bedroom and I was praying. I said, now, Lord, just in case he comes back here at midnight and says, I know you have the word. What's the word? And you know what I heard? Third John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper. And be in health, even as your soul prospers. So this morning, I came out, and this message was laying on the counter. And so I wrote him a note, because he was still asleep when I was getting ready to leave. And I wrote him a note and said, just so you know, I know this is God's message for this morning. Because that's the scripture he gave me last night for what we were to share with the people. Every week, we pray, and we ask God, who's supposed to be given the word 
that you're supposed to hear today because we all have the word of God, the written word of God. And, but God has a rhema word, a word for the moment, a word for your week. You know, probably uh, I would I'd say that there'll be some of you this week that'll look like you aren't going to have anything and you're going to need to say what you heard today. Beloved, I wish above all things. That's what God says about me. Why? Because God deposits in us all the weaponry we need for the day that we're facing. And we are going to face, the world is going to face all kinds of things, I believe, in this next year, probably. However, everybody say, however, if we do what this message says today, and there are, there are two words we'll talk about later, but one of them is obey. Everybody say obey. Then we will have what God says. Obedience is tied to it. We can't just run amok and then expect everything to go all right. But if we're focusing on Jesus, I know this word is for this house today. Everybody say this word, this word. is for me. God wants me to prosper in all areas. That's health. That's health. Any area that you're facing, peace, joy, whatever you need, God wants prosperity in that area. That's a good word, honey. Now, I don't know if all of you are like me, but I think probably many of you are. God will show me things that he wants me to do, and then I'll, I'll move out toward them to accomplish them, and then I see the blessing of God come. But sometimes they get further and further beyond my ability to do it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, just the other day, this this happened as I was getting ready for this message. We've been talking to Stanley about building this rice distribution, packaging plant, whatever you want to call it. And and sometimes people say, well, you talk about the Sudan all the time. Folks, that is my focus. That is what God has assigned to this church, and that is what God has assigned to me. And I'm consumed by that constantly in my spirit. And so we're talking about it and talking to Stanley, and he said, well, it's probably going to cost about $50,000. Well, in the meantime, we're talking about building him a house. Not that he ever mentioned it. I mentioned it. He lives in a one-room tulko, a mud hut with with four children and his wife, and, and by American standards, of course, it's very impoverished, but by their standards, that is not that bad. But we, we have found, I've, I've, I asked him to have somebody design a house. Well, he designed a house, and I was thinking about $30,000 or something like that. Well, right now, the house is about $80,000. So now we've got 80000 and 50000 I was really excited about the rice distribution plan. I was really excited about the house. When I add them together, that's 130000 I wasn't excited at all, glory to God, <laughs> because that was a whole lot of money. But I felt like the Lord said, it's just because you can't understand it. If I'm calling you to do it and you put the demand on me for the resources that are needed, I will open the windows of heaven and I'll pour it out. And we have seen that constantly. So I don't know why it's always a challenge for me, but you get another zero here and another zero here and another zero here. And it's like, I think I'll concentrate on something else. I think I'll go over here and concentrate on painting the back of the church or something. Maybe we got the money for that. I, I remember the time when Oral Roberts, and he was criticized constantly for the prosperity message, but because he did, I'm not saying he didn't make mistakes, we all make mistakes, but because he did what he did, the entire world has been changed by his ministry and many other people like him. And this one time he was commenting about what God had told him about this one particular fundraising endeavor that he had, and uh, it, it, he need, I forget how much money he needed, but a million was what he needed right away. And a guy who owned a dog racing track in Florida, I think it was Hialeah, but I'm not sure, in Florida, called the prayer center at Tulsa at Oral 
Roberts University while we were there, actually, and, and said, I'm going to give Oral a million dollars. I don't even like Oral, but I'm going to give him a million dollars. And they flew him from Florida, and Oral caught all sorts of flack for this. They flew him from Florida. If a guy from a dog track calls me and wants to give a million dollars, I'm going to fly that guy up here. Uh, I guarantee you. And, and they flew him up to Tulsa, and he, and he met with Oral Roberts, and he said, I don't like you. I don't like the messages you preach, but I know God, and God told me to give you a million dollars, so I'm going to do it anyway. And Oral said, and I'll take it. And they took that million dollars. Now, God will do anything to move the hand of people to bring his blessings upon you so that you can accomplish his plan and his purpose. And I was thinking about one of the outreaches for the for the Sudan, we were in, uh, uh, I don't know exactly who it was, but they were in this one particular business explaining to this guy what we're doing, asking if they want to sponsor a golf hole for $1,000. And he said, why don't you, what are you doing over in the Sudan helping children over there? Uh, we got orphans right here in Lafayette that need to be helped. I said, well, we don't know of any, but we'd like to help them if they're here. And, uh, and he was grumbling and mumbling. But when we left the place, we left with a $1,000 check. Hallelujah. He can mumble all he wants. The wealth of the righteous. No, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. All I know is that he didn't care much for us, but he gave us a $1,000 check to help do what God wanted us to do. And I believe that when you're in the center of the will of God, God will open the windows of heaven and pour them out, but not until you come out of that area where you are, like the children of God in the wilderness of Paran. You come out of that area to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish instead of working on your plan. Now, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I used to have my plan, and I'd try to fit God in. And now there's only one plan. It's God's plan. So turn to your neighbor and say, it's God's plan. It's God's plan. It's not what we want to accomplish. It's what he wants to accomplish. And this is what it says in Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Let's all say it. Whatever, whatever he does, he does shall prosper. Shall prosper. It's like a prosperity message. It sure does to me. Whatever we do for God that we're meditating day and night, we are going to prosper in accomplishing that. You know, I was looking, and this is the Amplified, but it says uh, in that first verse, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Mm. You know, uh, Abraham said, and, and, and Dan read it in the first in the offering message, that we would be a blessing to the nations. It says that in Malachi 3 when it talks about God opening the windows of heaven and pouring out a blessing. It goes on to say, you will be a blessing to the nations. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a blessing to the nations. And you may say, what nation? Well, I don't know, the nation that lives in your house. How about that? That's a nation right there. Uh, Is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, this is the ungodly. Following their advice their plans and purposes. How many of you know there's a lot of advice out there today on what to do about things, how to do things? We can't listen to that advice. Everybody say, don't listen. See, because we're not in that realm, because we're not, we're not sitting in that. We're not walking in that place. We're not 
standing in that place. We're not sitting in that place. We are seated, it says in Ephesians chapter 2. We are seated in heavenly places. Everybody say heavenly places. And you know, I've, I, I'm doing reading through the Bible. I've done that every year, but I'm doing the Amplified this year. And, and uh, of course, there's more words, but it sure helps you understand sometimes what God is saying. And uh, I've read Jeremiah, and then I was in Daniel. Now I've gone to Ezekiel. How many of you know those are, those are books where it's not going well? for the Israelites. Talk about a wilderness of Paran. It is a not a happy day. But in all of that, in all of that, it's God trying to make them understand that he is God. Yep. Everybody say he is, God. he is God. And that's what it says when, when Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel started thinking real highly of himself. Just before that, he had a vision. Daniel interpreted the vision, told him, you know, this is you. This is going to happen to you until you know. Everybody say, until you know. This is what it says. Until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men, in the kingdom of, kingdom of men, that's not heaven, that's here, right. and gives it yeah. to whomever he chooses. And so right after that, you know, Nebuchadnezzar made this decree about how wonderful he was. And sure enough, he ended up out in the field and was there for seven years, just like the prophecy said. And at the end of the seven years, you know what he said? God is who he says he is. Right. How many of you know you don't want to be in that kind of a wilderness? You don't want to live in that place. But at the end, he did say that. And then the very last verse in that chapter, he says, and those who lift up their heart in pride, guess what lesson he learned? That it wasn't about who he was, it was about who the Most High was. And then the same thing in Ezekiel, uh, I'm only to chapter 8, but it's through all these first, especially 6, 7, and 8. It, this is what God says to Ezekiel, da-da-da-da-da, this is going to happen, da 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 to them. And then they will know, everybody say, then they will know, understand, and realize that I am the Lord. And the Lord said to me, there are two words. Trust and obey. Everybody say trust and obey. There's a hymn that says trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You know, we throw out those hymns, but some of those guys had a pretty good revelation of what God was saying. Amen. Trust and obey. And I have found in all of the old covenant, as hard as it is sometimes to read, God did not go up on that mountain and there wasn't smoke and fire and him say, now I am here to make sure your life is miserable. <laughs> and I just want to tell you, I woke up today and I am trying to help you fail. I'm making all kinds of ways for you to fail. He never, everybody say never, never, never did he say that. He said, trust and obey and your way will be prosperous, blessed, abundance for every good work. It's just who God is. And the world wants to make him somebody who's waiting to get us. No, it's not who God is. Captivity comes from disobedience. And so if we begin to obey and get in agreement with God, we're going to see mighty miracles. I love that offering song uh, I, that we sang today. I believe it's yeah. for this church, the supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. I believe it's here. I believe it's here. That's, that's a good word, honey. All through the Bible, whether you, you start in the Old Covenant and you work all the way through, whenever the children of God were obedient to God, they were blessed, and they had everything that they had need of. And when they left Egypt, they, they were enslaved in Egypt, 
but they were one moment away from having the wealth of Egypt. When God called them out, they just took a step and they went out with the wealth of Egypt. They would have never had the wealth of Egypt had they not taken the step to leave Egypt, even though several of them grumbled along the way because they didn't like the manna and all of the things, but yet they left with the wealth of Egypt. And Jesus said in John 10 that there is a devil and that he comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. He basically wants to take the promise of God, the Word of God, the things that God is placing in your heart, and steal those from you because if you stand upon them, the blessing of God is going to come upon you. And he knows that what God has blessed, he can't touch. You are going to prosper at what God has shown you. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. That's John 10.10. And when you look at that, and the definition, it's superabundance, it's profuse, it's excessive, it's over and above. Everything God wants you to have is there if you will take the step toward where he's leading you. And in Numbers chapter 12, uh, it, it talks about how the children were encamped in the wilderness of Paran. And for whatever reason, God had them there. I believe that every single one of us have been in the wilderness somewhere. Do you? Turn to your neighbor and say, I've been in the wilderness. I've been in the wilderness. We've been in the wilderness. We've been out of the wilderness. You know what? There are two reasons to go in the wilderness. Number one, God sends you there to teach you something. You better go. Number two, you take yourself there. That's a waste of time. <laughs> We've all done both of them. And, and, and what happened was they were there, and God told them exactly what he was going to do. He was going to give them the land, and they sent out the 12 spies. The Word of God says in Amos 3.3 3, that how can two walk together lest they be in agreement? We learned that the hard way in, in marriage, yeah. that if you and I are not in agreement, it's not going to work. I don't mind being wrong, but I want to be in agreement with you because if we make a mistake, we can correct it. It's not like that coffee mug at Cracker Barrel that I saw. That if I, well, how did that read? I really like it. I was going to buy it for Chris. <laughs> oh, I know. If I agreed with you, we'd both be wrong. <laughs> I, I always like that. If I agreed with you, we'd both be wrong. But once you're in agreement with God, all the blessings of God come upon you and overtake you. And the children of God, when they sent out those spies, now this, all of this happened in the wilderness. We, we think about them, or me, when I read it, like they're in the promised land, they're right on the edge of the promised land, they're looking at it, oh, look how beautiful. No, no, they were in the wilderness. They were in the wilderness of Paran, Numbers chapter 12, verse 16. And they had the plan of God, and then Moses says, send out the 12 spies from the wilderness of Paran. And the 12 spies went out, and they both saw the same thing. They saw giants. They saw fortified cities. They saw a land flowing with milk and honey. They saw all of the wonderful fruit. They saw exactly the same thing, honey. And, you know, it's oftentimes with God, uh, you know, with, especially with Pastor Bill and I, we don't always see them at, the, at that moment the same thing. Everybody say, you have to see what God sees. Or, or you can't do what God wants to do. It has to be what he sees and what he does. And there has to be that agreement. Everybody say agreement. agreement. And so the only two people who were in agreement with Moses, with God, were Joshua and Caleb. The other 10 saw the same thing, but they were not in agreement with God. You know, Joshua and Caleb never said, we can do it. He said, we are well able. They said, we're well able. But it was based upon what God had said, not on who they were. The other 10 based their judgment on who they were and not what God had told them. And there became the conflict. 
and basically, they all 12 responded with four words. Yeah. We don't know exactly what all was said, but what is recorded is uh, Joshua and Caleb came back and said, we are well able because they knew their God and they knew God had orchestrated it. The 10 spies said, we are not able. Mm -hmm. They saw the same thing. But what it was that the 10 spies looked at the obstacle and they focused on the obstacle. And the longer you focus on anything, the more you will attract that. That makes sense to you? Turn to your neighbor and say, I understand that. I understand that. Whatever you focus on will become larger and larger and larger, and you will attract that into your life, into your mind, and into your focus. But two of the spies looked upon what God said. God said, so we are well able. And we have the ble Everything in this book is about blessing God and about being blessed by God. And everything in our prayer journal, if we're using it and recording what God is saying, is the plan and the purpose and the pursuit for our life so that every day is a new day to get up and look at it and say, God, I know I can do this because I know you will supply every need that I have. And really, every single person, you, you, you have this challenge. The two basic fears that you carry with you everywhere that you go if you don't focus on what God said. Number one, fear of failure. Number two, fear of finances. Mm -hmm. If we didn't have a fear of failure and we didn't have a fear of finances, every single need is going to come upon us, overtake us, and bless us to accomplish God's plan. You know, sometimes the wilderness, and my husband said this, I just feel to elaborate a little bit. The wilderness is not a necessarily... Uh, a happy place when you're in it. Uh, when we were in Tulsa, those seven years that we were there, uh, they were not the easiest years of our life. Um, my daughter's here, others, our other children, you know, uh, they didn't think it was the most exciting time of their life. However, everybody say however. When we look back now, it became the foundation of where we are today in our life. And so we have the choice now of saying, wow, we're sure glad for everything that we learned in the wilderness. Everybody say, in the wilderness. Because where we are now, it seems like there's a lot more trees in this wilderness. <laughs> you know, you go from, from one glory to glory, but in that glory to glory, you walk through tight places and places that ultimately will strengthen you if we make that right choice to keep focused on God. And, um, and I was saying in the first service, you know, my husband has big vision and in all through these years he's had big vision and there were days you know back in the beginning when he would say things and I would just I would think we can't we can't do that I mean but I always saw myself like behind him helping him by you know supporting him and uh, and so sometimes I would you know even cry I think we cannot I mean how many know it can get tough and, uh, and of course you know Mr. Wisdom over here he says stop crying because, you know, we have to keep going. We have to go forward. Pastor Bill is not like, he's very compassionate, but he drags me through there. I mean, he would pull me through there. And uh, I, in the first service, right before I came out, I felt like God said this word to me. Uh, Bill is a true father, a true father. He does not allow his children to direct him. He allows God to direct him. You know, Eli, um, Eli he had two sons. And he lost everything because he didn't, his sons wouldn't obey him. And, uh, and, and, and all those years when Bill would say to me, this is what, we're, you know, I believe this is what we're supposed to do. I pray I'd always get in agreement with him because I knew he heard from God. 
but you know my flesh would not want to go over there i mean how about we just get you know what is that transported into that you know where we just jump over all the hard stuff and we're we're there but but it never was like it's never been like that we we had to believe we had to believe we had to believe you know in a church you you have a budget but the budget doesn't work if the people don't give do you know we don't have a sale on saturday for jesus you know i mean you know get a bargain today get saved for five dollars instead of 25 or whatever you know we have a but we have a budget but it only depends upon people being obedient to god that we can do those things that god tells us to do so that's the way we've lived our entire time but about 10 years ago is when god it was 2005 god began to say to me you have to be like him now and i thought well you know, I don't have to be like him because I just help him. But God said, no, you have to become like him. You have to become strong like he is. And those places where you become strong and set your face like a flint is when you know God said, and then you have to go through that place that's hard. Everybody say hard. And I want to tell you what I saw when you were just there, just now speaking, was that spider web out our back door. You know, um, that spider web between the bird feeder and over to the umbrella of the... You didn't tear it down, did you? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm pulling for that spider. I am not. He is like the devil. He's, he, we have this spider. Every day he comes out and builds a new web. He's tenacious. He is. And he eats those old bugs. Yeah. Well, you know, some of you, we look like, you know, one of those horror houses in the beginning of October when, when it starts turning cold. You know, our garage has spider webs because we live in a place that used to be a woods. So everything goes to that nature like that. But this guy is so tenacious. But this is a huge, I mean, yeah. huge spider web. And it goes all the way across. And he's just sitting there waiting for everybody to fly in so he can eat them. I bet it's back tonight. It probably will be. I'm but go look. that's the way the devil does all of us. You know, we think we are okay, and then he just builds another spider web while you're sleeping. And then you get up, and you have to be aware of that spider. How many of you know it's easier to see a spider web in the dark with the light on, but in the daytime, you don't even see the spider web? Till you walk in it and it gets in your hair. Have you ever had that? Oh, where is the spider? You know, uh, I mean, I just am hearing this. That I don't hair, know. That hairspray will suffocate him, honey. <laughs> you don't have to worry. <laughs> yes, this way. I need to tighten up my t teasing in here so I can catch him. But, you know, the, the devil wants to snatch you and pull you. And, and those wilderness experiences are difficult. But... We have been given ears to hear and eyes to see what the Holy Spirit of God is saying to avoid all those places. But they're, they're hard, and we have to go through them. But there is prosperity. Everybody say prosperity. There's prosperity in the midst of the battle if we stay focused on what God is saying and not what we see all around us. That's a good word, honey. You know, there's nothing wrong with budgeting. Uh, there's nothing wrong with all of that. But by the same token, there's nothing wrong with not having a budget. And doing whatever God tells you to do. And if you know what God told you to do, you need to do it. And if your budget doesn't look like it's going to handle it, that's okay. Because God will. And I remember when we started this church. And we're coming from the basement over there, the lower level on Teal Road over here. And we didn't have, we really did not have the cash flow to take care of the monthly rent that we'd be paying. 
We've never had the cash flow to take care of anything that we were doing for God. But God always had the resources banked in our heavenly bank account to release when we had to make the, the withdrawal on that. And uh, I'll never forget coming over here. And if those of you that were around during that period of time, we moved the entire church, sound system, and everything in one day in about four hours. And when we came in, I was driving a, a truck myself. And when I came on the way over here, I was just a little bit melancholy. And I said, God, I just wish you'd just show me something that would just give me a sign to make sure I know we're doing the right thing. When I pulled up behind this church and backed the truck up, there was a guy sitting across the street that I knew, sitting there in his Cadillac, and uh, he's a, a, a millionaire, and, and I, I know the man. He's in heaven now, but, but I, I knew the man, but he's never been to our church. And I backed the truck up and looked up and I saw him. I thought, that's funny. He got out of his car, and he came running over to the, my truck, and I rolled down the window, and he threw a wad of cash. It was huge. It was like this, and it was rolled just like this, and it was just like a, 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 a wheel uh, of huge cash. I don't know, three, four, five thousand dollars. I don't remember how much it was. But he just threw it in the truck cab in my lap and he said, I agree with what you're doing, turned around and ran, got in his car and drove off. He never ever came to our church, never once, although uh, the, the, the day that he was close to death in the hospital, you prayed with him, and, and he received Christ. But, but, but it was just like God saying, I will always supply all of the resources that, I, that you need to do what I've called you to do. And I say that to you today. That this message is about you getting focused beyond where you are on what God is calling you to do. All of us are good at doing what we're capable of doing with what we have, but God's got so much more for us to, to, to impact the world, to impact this community. And, and the greatest thrill in the world is to know that you're in the center of the will of God doing what you are called to do while you're on this earth because we are meaningful to God. God loves us, but he's got a plan for us. And only we can fulfill the plan and the destiny that God has for us. And he has the resources for whatever it is you need. Yeah. You don't have to be threatened by this world system. Yeah. And I believe that's where we're going to see a real attack. We've already seen it. Um, you know, even my son that's out in Tulsa, he called me and said, Mother, I am going to, I'm paying all of your Social Security and there is not going to be any left for me. Because he's looking at what the world has to offer. Amen. Now, I don't think that they're doing it all right, but I want to tell you, you can't look at that. You know, you can't look at what's going to happen to you way down there and how you're going to have all the money that you need to do all of that. I've lived life long enough to know that um, God's been giving me a message on crisis management. <laughs> how many of you know some things happen all the time? You know, all the tires blow up on your car. You know, you weren't expecting that. Or your, you know, appliances quit or something happens. We live in a world where we're going to experience things, but God is more than enough. And he has more than enough. And that's not just finances. You know, that's help in whatever arena that we need it in. We just have to begin to expect it and believe that it is ours because of who God is. Not because of us, but because of who he is. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. We thank God for each and every one of you. God has yes. a plan specifically written in heaven for you to fulfill would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I'm going to have Pam pray for you in just a second here. But I want to ask you the most important question you will ever answer. And that is, do you know where you will spend eternity? 
And if you're here today and you say, well, Pastor, I've, I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart and take control of my life, then let today be your day when you open yourself up to receive Jesus. Or maybe you're here today and you're like that prodigal son, that prodigal daughter. You, you know that you have walked away from the things of God. God loves you, but you have separated yourself from God. Let today be the day that you come back to him. And all over this church, if I've described you, you know that you know that you know that your life is not right with the Lord. I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand in the air, and we're going to pray for you. Yes, 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 yes. I see your hands. Are there others who say, I know my life isn't right. Pray for me. I know my life isn't right. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.